Hey, everyone. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife. I am Dave, the host of the show. If you've been listening this month, as the episodes come out in September of 2023, you know that I am not doing the normal interviews this month. I am releasing different experiments that I want to release in the lead-up to my new one-man show, Here to Make Friends, which is playing September 28th, 29th, 30th, and October 1st at the Neo-Futurist Theater in Chicago. It is my dream theater. The Neo-Futurists themselves are my favorite form of entertainment on the planet, and the shows are 20 bucks. The first one on Thursday is a pay-what-you-can. The Sunday is a 2 p.m. matinee show. So I'm hoping between all of those configurations, people will be able to see the show. And if there's any issue you have, please email me at thisisdavemar at gmail.com. I would love to make sure you can see it if you're able. Also, masks at KN95 or above level are going to be required and provided if you need one. So really trying to do that. There's a couple of other accessibility measures, especially COVID-related, that I'm looking to put in place. I can't meet every accessibility need. I wish I could, but I'm doing what I can, and we got to start somewhere. But what you're about to hear, so the show, Here to Make Friends, a reference to the common reality TV show phrase, I'm not here to make friends, is in part about Survivor, It's in part about COVID. It's in part about people and society and what we owe to each other. And it very much follows a conversation format, uh, at least in part. So if you like This Is Your Afterlife and you are able to get to Chicago during those dates, I think you will really like Here to Make Friends. One thing I want you to know is you do not need to know anything about the show Survivor to enjoy the show. And even though that is true, what you're about to hear is one of the episodes, there are five, of an aborted podcast that, that was conceived. We, we came up with several iterations of it uh, and finally recorded these five episodes and, and ditched it of a podcast called It's a Fucking Stick. You will, you're going to hear that now. It is co-hosted by myself and Ariel Elias. Ariel is a former guest of This Is Your Afterlife, multiple-time guest of This Is Your Afterlife, a good friend of mine. And it just, uh, through no lack of desire on our part, uh, we weren't able to keep doing the show. But I thought this five-episode little mini-series would be a good way, if you want to brush up any, brush up on any Survivor, uh, or, or learn anything about it. And really, it's not just like, we're not recapping the show. We're just talking about what it means to us. So if you want to listen to that in preparation for the show, please enjoy it. This is an episode of the show, which I will not number because this is going to be the same intro for every episode, but know that there are five. There is a link to buy tickets to Here to Make Friends in the show notes. And even if you aren't able to go to Here to Make Friends, even if you don't care about Survivor, 
I think you will still like this. Genuinely. I think it is that good. This, it's a fucking stick show. It was just, it's just a good time between two friends who really like each other. So I hope you enjoy it. Come see my show if you can. Keep listening to the podcast and we'll be back in regular show mode in October. And I will talk to you again soon. Welcome to It's a Fucking Stick, uh, the podcast where we talk about Survivor and life and how Survivor relates to life because Survivor's the greatest show ever made. I'm Ariel Elias. I'm Dave Moore. How was that? <laughs> that was good. I think that was good. Episode one Episode in the one. books. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. <laughs> I we, we, should we say? Should we say how we that this is like second chance this is our second chance podcast. this is our cambodia yeah. season of the podcast <laughs> yeah that we like legit recorded i think 12 episodes yeah. of an initial version of this podcast where we were like let's do it traditional style let's do it's going to be a survivor recap podcast starting with episode one in fucking 2000 <laughs> or whatever it was I have so much more respect now for recap podcasts because that was so much work that I think neither, like I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. I didn't feel respect. I felt like annoyed. I was like, I kept feeling (laughs) like, (laughs) like the project was like, is recap, right? But you're spending, I was spending the whole time recapping being like, Okay, so we'll describe this plot point, and then we'll get to the fun part. And it's like, no, the whole part is just you recapping plot points, dude. This is not the the free arena of comedy that you feel like it's going to be. Yeah, it made watching it feel much more like homework, which is not not what I think either of us wanted, because that's not what Survivor does for us and has done for us, right? Like... We both came to Survivor during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And it like, I mean, I, I distinctly remember my husband being like, what do you think will happen first? You'll finish Survivor or we'll come out of quarantine. And I was like, I genuinely don't know because I am going to watch 42 seasons of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see. I didn't even have that. I I knew for sure I would finish before quarantine. You finished much faster than I did too, I will say. Well, I went ham. <laughs> for, I I calculated it cuz I was going to try to do a bit about it, but then I saw someone else had done a bit about like watching TV feeling like a full-time job and I was like, "Okay, I guess this is not my bit." But um 40 seasons in four months, thanks to pandemic and depression. So that's 10 seasons a month. 10 seasons a month, two and a half seasons a A week. week. And I I calculated it, and it is approximately 37 and a half hours a week, which is exactly a (laughs) full-time job with lunch breaks. 
Ah. <laughs> oh my god, it is. Yeah, dude. And and ever since then, That's I've incredible. looked for things that have that level of I'm like, I just want another survivor. Give me another thing with like God, probably uh probably like Doctor Who would be a thing. But I went the like real housewives route. I'm like, I'll try to watch it. And I mean, and I haven't. There's just a couple of franchises that I've started to dig into, but it's now a paragon for me of like anything with a million seasons is a gift to a gift and a drag on your future self. Yeah. I think that's what was so comforting about it is like we were in, it was like, you know, like the heart of the pandemic where like truly we couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, some people were, but we were not. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. And to see something that's like, Oh, there's 40 seasons. So in this way, like the pandemic, it's like, this is about to take a lot of time. But I think the comforting thing about it, contrasting against the pandemic was like, there was an end date, right? Like you've like 40 seasons Mm. is a lot. So you know, it's going to take a long time, but then it's over and you know, when it's over at the end of 40 seasons. See, I feel like you've thought about what, appeals to you about survivor yeah in a more conscious way than i have because mm. for me i it just feels very much like gravy or something where i'm just like it just feels like a thick i'm just like put it in me like i will go slack jawed and like dead-eyed <laughs> and 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 you're like you know and our 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 project here is to take individual moments from the show explain them to anyone, no no survivor knowledge required here. Plenty of spoilers in abundance, though. Um, and hopefully, whether you are a Survivor fan or just someone trying to get to sleep and feel like you're hanging out <laughs> with friends, which is how I listen to podcasts, then you can enjoy it. But I feel like you are much better prepared for this because you're like, this moment means this to me, and this moment means this to me. And I'm just like... That, that guy was crazy. That was the one where Philip called the rice the crispy and I call <laughs> the rice the crispy now, you know? Well, but it's, I mean, I think the reason I do that is because I um, am fooling myself into believing that if I can, if I can give it meaning, if I, <laughs> then <laughs> somehow I'm justified in having just like sat in my room watching survivor on my phone it's research yeah yeah yeah. i'm just discovering more about myself it's like (laughs) this is my therapy you know because i couldn't do stand-up or i was doing stand-up on zoom which is like not stand-up so instead i'll just watch survivor right like montaigne wrote all those essays i watched 40 seasons of survivor it really i i also remember at the beginning of the pandemic being like well if i don't write a pilot now i'm never gonna write a pilot and guess who has still not written a pilot (laughs) (laughs) so we should okay before we go into this moment we should say who who we are like what what uh we're both comedians yeah but how it how would someone Uh, have heard how are people hearing this podcast if they somehow know of me but not you um so I'm a I'm a stand-up comedian based in New York City I am like 
you know, I, I'm on the road a lot. Maybe you've like seen my reels on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like I don't have like a <laughs> threw up in my mouth. Um, I don't have like a huge following on anything, but like, uh, I don't know, maybe you've like come across me somehow or like you've seen me at the cellar or whatever, or you're just like into survivor and you Google searched survivor and this came up. But what are the credits? Give the credits. Oh, my credits. Um, I've done warm-up for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on the set. Uh, I was a 2021 JFL new face, a.k.a. old news now, bitch. Um, Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm like, I perform at all the clubs in New York City. Uh, That's it. Those are my credits. So let me ask you, I have a question about comedy seller reels. Okay. I'm seeing more of them. Am I just seeing, is it just that more people I know are getting passed at the Comedy Cellar? Or I have the suspicion that there's like, because there's more than just the main Comedy Cellar venue, right? Well, so there's there's four rooms at the Cellar. Yeah. So Do they like a all kind of look similar? Yeah. They all have like the Cellar background. Like they all have okay. like the thing. So to be petty then. Yeah, be petty. It, it it can't, it is, it might be a little bit like performing at like the belly room in LA on a book show and saying that you're like a comedy store regular. I don't think so. Um, because okay, okay. in order to get the clip, like those shows are so packed that there's really nowhere to set up like your own camera in those rooms. So it has to be from the club and you have to email like one of the managers. So if you're on a produce show, like chances are you don't know how to get your tape um, okay. or can't. Like you probably don't have her email. It's a whole, there's like a lot of like unwritten rules there. So you're like passed at the fucking comedy cellar. Yeah. But also I do think you probably do know more people now who are past there. Just to like as we all like get older in comedy and like move forward. Or yeah. it's that like the well, getting older and moving forward are, are separate. <laughs> Ideally, they go hand in hand. Um, Ideally, but I'm really nailing the getting older and trying to <laughs> stay put as much as possible. Okay, that's cool. Well, fucking, that's amazing, dude. What are you? You're your... a comedy seller regular. My yeah. credits. Yeah. Who are you, asking? Dave? This American Life. You might have heard me, my coma story from This American Life. Um, I was in a coma for a month and uh, woke up and survived and read the eulogies people wrote about me on Facebook. And that's led to a couple one man shows, which led to my other podcast. This is your afterlife coming up on a hundred episodes. Now I'm not sure if this will drop, this will probably drop right before a hundred episodes, but I've been, or it's we not record a 10 episodes of this and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, But the 100th episode of that show is going to be my conversation with my mom. So I'm excited oh. about that. Because that, she's a big part of the the coma story. Um, yeah, of course. But it's not the, that show is not as about me as it sounds like. But the new big credit is the bear, man. Yeah. Being, eating, ribs, eating ribs for 15 seconds. Yeah. Uh, at the what is the name of the restaurant? The original the Chicago beef. beef or whatever <laughs> on uh, FX's The Bear. It was so exciting so, to see you. Did you know? No, I was just watching it and I was like, oh, Dave Moore. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I got so, so excited. Fun. So yeah. So that's that's wait, who's your favorite? We should do just like a quick favorite survivor player. Sorry. Mm, Sorry is my Boston, favorite. Boston Rob is for me. Oh yeah. So okay. I'm gonna represent for the dudes, it sounds like, and you're for the <laughs> chicks, and that's just the way it's gonna be. Oh, okay? for sure. My top all my top players are women. <laughs> <laughs> so this moment is that we're discussing today is the podcast's titular moment. It's a fucking stick. It is a moment from episode nine of season 16 set in Micronesia, the first round of the fans versus favorites where pretty clear returning favorite players battle new fans of the show. Um, Yeah. How would, how would you describe this moment to someone who was not familiar with the show. Okay, here's what you have to know. There's an a hidden immunity idol somewhere on the on like on Exile Island. A a guy named Ozzy finds it. Ozzy is like hot shit. He's like the best at everything. He finds this idol and then plants a fake one. The fake But idol- back up. Hidden immunity. You have to explain hidden immunity. Oh, right. idols. Of you course. have to say Of course. So people get voted out every week. A hidden immunity idol keeps you from being voted out. Right. It saves you. And then the yes. person with the next most votes gets eliminated. So yes. um, so he plants a fake immunity idol that is literally just a stick with a smiley face carved on it. It looks like shit. But at this time, now like making your own immunity idol, like a fake immunity idol has become sort of like part of the game that a lot of people employ like a strategy but this is only the second time this has ever been used and it's the first this is time season it's... 16 right of 42 so keep that in mind like in the evolution of yeah of yeah when you at. say 16 and... it sounds late but right, it's still right. Pretty but another thing for reference if you're listening to this show in a place where you can see the show's cover art that weird fucking thing <laughs> is literally the stick it, that is taken so from a photo of the stick so try to make out the face on there but it's like carved out like drooped down eyes and a weird blank mouth it's it's a face in terms of the like indents it, there, there's no drawing on it there's no like tracing around it right. it's like looking at a cloud and saying it's a face and even though, like, at this point, immunity idols were still pretty new, they usually look like at least like a like yeah. like a, a talented eighth graders art project. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. they usually like something look, you buy at like a trinket shop. Yeah, something. absolutely. It's like, oh, shit, we're leaving our vacation and we forgot to get souvenirs for people. Here's a roadside stand. We'll buy 10 of them and it'll cost a dollar. It's that it, mm-hmm. it looks like that. Um, so Ozzy hides this. One of our one of the f- fans, Jason, then goes to exile and finds the fake immunity idol. He also has been like trying, basically like trying to compete with Ozzy. Like he wants to be the next Ozzy. He finds this fake immunity idol, gets so excited, a hundred percent believes it's real, comes back. His ally is Eliza. Eliza is a favorite, 
but mm-hmm. she's sort of been ostracized. Like they don't really. And she's a kind of controversial favorite. Like she, she even says in the previously on of this episode that what she and Jason have in common is that they're annoying. <laughs> okay. I love Eliza so much. I um, like her too. I don't understand why every, why I, I, I guess it's like different when you're on an Island with somebody, but mm-hmm. I don't understand why everybody sees her as so annoying. Um, she is kind of, I mean, I didn't like her in her first season. She's, she's a little like high maintenance. She's plucky. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like she's like, yeah, she's very enthusiastic about everything. She's also incredibly smart. So what happens is that she knows she's going to be voted off next because she finds out her other ally, Amy has been voted off. We have the tribe is merged, which means every, it's an individual game. Everybody's together. She has no allies except for Jason. Jason basically tells her, "I have a I have an immunity idol. If I win the immunity challenge, it's yours." Because there's like there's also you know when you compete in the athletic challenges, if you win that, you are granted yeah, immunity as right. well. So, so multiple people can have immunity in various ways at tribal council. So Jason wins. And then yes. he tells Eliza, she, Eliza says like, so can I have the immunity idol that you found? He says, yes. She says, go get it. He gets it and tells it like, he like leaves it for her to find. She opens it up and sees this stick and is like, this isn't it. This can't be it. Like immediately she knows like this can't, this can't be it. She's like, this is just right. a napkin and a stick. This can't be it. Yes. The napkin. Cause there's a lot of like, like there are a couple of legendary iconic lines around this but the first one that is not talked about that much is this is just a napkin right because like but it was the thing it was like wrapped up yeah in a cloth but that was the real thing that wrapped it up so so. (laughs) it's just funny that she's just like it's just a napkin but yeah anyway so she then goes and meets jason down by the beach and it and accuses him of like what are you trying to pull i'm going home anyway and he's yeah, like, why are you leading me on with this false hope? Right, because in her mind, this is part of why I love this moment too, is she's like, how could anybody possibly see this and think it's a real idol? Surely Jason knows this is not a real idol. What are you trying to pull? Why would you think but this yo, is a real idol? If you look at pictures of Jason, you can tell exactly why this guy thinks this is a real idol. This is not the sharpest tool not. in the bag of tools. He's, you know? pretty, he's, not, he's pretty fucking stupid. So... um. <laughs> Jason is like, what are you talking about? That's the idol. And she goes, no, it's not. And he goes, then what is it? And she goes, it's a fucking stick. And that's like the iconic moment. And he's like, she's like, Ozzy. She immediately susses it out too. She immediately, I think this is part of why I love it too. Mm-hmm. She, she uses, and she's a lawyer in real life. And like, I, she like takes all the evidence and constructs the correct story, which she goes, Ozzy must've found the real idol and planted this for you to find and jason is like no i don't don't think so i don't think so that's not what happened and she's like it's a stick and he's like i know and she's like it's not a real idol and he's like well that's a bummer (laughs) okay but yeah this is great well that's a bummer is hilarious because he because he doesn't even say it that aggressive he's just like she's like so what then and he's like well that's a bummer (laughs) but but between then and it's a fucking stick is the another is possibly the even better line 
Um, which I was like, there's like various lists of, of great survivor moments. And someone pointed this out that um, he says, but it's got a face on it. She's <laughs> like, she's like, she's like, it's a fucking sick. And he's like, he's like, I know, but it's got a face on it. Don't worry. <laughs> As if like, like, Hey, okay. I'm not just some dumb chud. Like I know the difference. And things with faces on them are idols. Things with not faces on them are not. And there's You're no good, okay? there's no historical evidence to back this up. That's not like a thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> in previous Survivor episodes. And as you can see from our cover art, it is the faintest hint of a face. I think like it's so it's it's so funny how much he believes it how immediately she sees it. I think there's something about this moment too of like Eliza knows that there's, she knows exactly what's happening and yet there's nothing she can do about it. Oh yeah. She can't like, I was watching it with hope. My partner who pointed out like, it's kind of a boring episode. Like Eliza's going home from the beginning Mm -hmm. pretty much. And well, and, you're, you you get to, for a second, you get to believe, like, maybe it'll be Alexis, because Amanda doesn't like They anything. edit it to make you yeah, seem course, like that. But but what was going, like, when you think about what was going on at that beach, like, everyone knew that it was Eliza. And I don't think, I think, so I relate, you know, in terms of who we relate to in this moment, I relate to Eliza a ton here. I, I can't really relate to the confident uh, it, idiot who, even when proven wrong, is unf- unfazed by it. But she, but Eliza, like, so from the beginning of this episode, she was screwed. And she was screwed because, in my mind, Ozzy, as we described, is this, like, legendary archetypal player. And I think when she pretty much started this season... She knew that. She was like, Ozzy has to go. He's in my crosshairs. She's intelligent. But weirdly for a lawyer, at least socially, I think the reason why she's annoying or unlikable is that she doesn't have the thing that a great survivor player needs to have, which is the ability to convince other people to their side. She just Mm -hmm. seems like she's even if she's right, as she often is, she seems like she's whining. She seems like she's like begging. She seems like she's like trying to boss people around and she just never has that power to leverage. So she would have had to start the game an entirely different way. Her fucking goose is cooked by the beginning of this episode. Well, she also gets pretty screwed by, um, by, the, the alliance that she makes in the very mm-hmm. beginning, which like we won't go into too much, but like Jonathan gets injured and ha- is medevaced out like fair play quits. You know, it's a, Oh man, I forgot about that. Okay. I mean, he doesn't yeah. quit, quit, but he kind of quit. Like he asks everybody to vote him out. So she's, she picked the wrong people. She basically. picked the wrong side. Um, why, why is that? Why do you identify with her then? Because I don't see you as, like, whiny. <laughs> is it because no. you feel like you can't convince people of things, even when you're right? 
<laughs> no, it's it's less that because I feel like I think Eliza and I are both smart, but other than that, my skills are mostly in the like soft skills, the charisma, the whatever, you know, and less in the like being able to lift something or, you know, I'm one of many of us comedians who's like, what the fuck am I going to do in the apocalypse? You know, like, (laughs) hope they like hearing stories around the campfire, you know, like that kind of thing. But I think, so it's less that, and it's more just the feeling of like being fucked and, and, and having no way out and even feeling like false hope for a second and then it just being even worse. And I'm, this is, this is my struggle, right? Is like, I'm trying to think of why I feel this way, like what specifically I relate to this and I can't decide, Hmm. but what, but is there something that you, I assume you relate to her. I, so there are some things that I relate to her so much and some things that I don't. The part that I relate to her about is that feeling of being like, we're fucked and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Like I feel that I think that's like very, it's part of why the movie like don't look up would like hit such a nerve Mm -hmm. it's like I feel that way constantly every time you know every time not to like maybe I'm making too much of this but you're it's like when you find out the like recycling isn't real right it's like yes dude where and then it's like well what am I supposed to do like I guess I'll just keep separating my plastics and my cardboard because I don't know what else to do but I know it's a lie like I know it's a sham I know it's just like a lie by corporations so they can keep making more plastic and then throwing it into the ocean. Like I know that, but I also like don't know what else to do. And so I just keep like chugging along. So it's like, there's that element of it, right? There's like, Oh, this like false hope of like, uh, I don't know, like this climate change bill where you're like, okay. And then, and not, not to be like a total downer, but it's just like, it takes so much more than that, right? It's like, what difference yeah. will this actually make? So I think... But these are like global things as opposed to like something you did personally. But I think global things are like what caused my like most existential dread. It's That's okay. like usually like at night when I get real panicky, like right before I fall asleep. It's And I think this has always been the case. It's always been like the world is... We're fucked. <laughs> Chill way to fall asleep. <laughs> that's, like... why, that's why I usually fall asleep to 30 Rock. Um, okay, nice. Or nice. Schitt's Creek. But I like, I don't have, I think when it comes to like my personal life, I'm pretty good about like little like CBT shit of like, you know, that thing of like, will this matter? in 10 hours will this matter in 10 days will this matter in 10 months will this matter in 10 years like I love the rule of 10 that kind of stuff I'm pretty measured about it when it comes to like my personal life because I think like that's stuff that I feel like I have control over whereas like the world I don't Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. part I identify with her a lot um the part that I'm just like, oh, wow, Eliza, we're so different, is that she is so aware that people don't like her, and she seems fine with it. Mm. 
I have mm-hmm. no idea how, because like that's, I mean, I, I like constantly think everybody hates me. Um, and like, I hate that feeling so much. I was talking to a friend the other day who like, he, um, he's like had some success in the last couple of years and is like starting to have fans of like people who will like, he'll get recognized on the street and stuff. Um, and he always like the example he gave was like, somebody was like, Hey, you're so-and-so. And he was like, yeah. And he saw that she was like moving stuff out of her car, like, and like carrying it a block away. And he was like, do you need help? And like did that because he was like, I can't afford to like lose a fan. He was like, I don't have enough fans Whoa. that I can lose one. Um, he was like, you know, The Rock could like not help. But I think there's like, right, that's almost right. scarier when you know that people do like you because then you can have, you can lose that, right? Whereas if you go around as I do, assuming everybody hates you, it's like, well, then there's nothing to lose. Does that make sense? But you... Yes, but I'm not sure this this jives with what you were saying where like you're not okay with having people. If I knew though that people didn't like me, like if I knew it for a fact, I don't think I could handle it. But I just assume everybody does. But you clearly don't believe it or it would be as bad as if you knew. I think it's like a Schrodinger's cat thing where it's like they both, like either one, they're both true. Yeah, like whether you hate the cat or love it, like it's still dead in that box. Yeah, well, yeah. whether or not the cat is alive or dead, it still hates me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, man, that is that that's the story about helping someone move is fucking freaking me out. I'm just like, like imagine. I'm just imagining him in like any situation, just like, even if there's not something obvious to be done, they're just like, Oh, Hey, you're so-and-so. And And he's like, can I help? You know, like, like, what what can I do do to, how do I make your life better? Right. Which is nice. I mean, that's nice, but it's, um, it's scary. Yeah. I think that's like the scariest, like the part of survivor that I think I couldn't hack is like the other people you know what i mean like i think mm. i could handle the hunger and the like sleeping out in the elements and like is the your no dog sleep. snoring right now yeah sorry <laughs> is it so loud <laughs> no, no no it's great it's great it's great i love it <laughs> she um, might not even be sleeping she just snores because she's fat um like ugh. even when she's awake hi bobby okay um so no i get that see i think that's the opposite of my fear is i feel like I would be pretty good with the people and and then it really varies when it comes to hunger very you know I think I would be good at like puzzles but I don't know about some of the other stuff and then and then but the thing I think about it about going on survivor I'm like but if it's the wrong group of people I'm fucked yeah. like if there's like one too many of a specific type of annoying person or a specific type of businessy person, you know, and the thing that I struggle with that people do on survivor so well is like survivor doesn't teach people 
like you're not getting this like unvarnished look at human nature always because the big the big thing that is false on survivor is everyone trying to make everyone comfortable constantly mm. so being so someone's like if someone is annoying and telling a boring story no one's ever going to be like shut the fuck up <laughs> like i cannot stand you they're just going to be like oh, this person sucks. I'm taking them to the end of the game. So I'm clearly the more likable of the two people to vote for at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And Eliza makes that argument at Tribal Council too of like, you shouldn't vote me off. Like you should bring me to the end because like nobody likes me. And I like the wherewithal (laughs) and the confidence in yourself. I mean, it's also something that happens in her original season. Um, which I think was like a battle of the sexes one, which like, Mm -hmm. this is also to your point of like being with the right group of people. It's like, well, in both of her seasons, everybody found her to be annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 (laughs) But I, there, I do remember like her, when her mom comes to visit and she, she tells her mom, like, they don't like me because they think I talk too much. And her mom, you know, it's, it's these like small little ways where it's like, she's just being herself. And that for some reason is like annoying to everybody. And that I think is just my, a big fear, not my biggest fear. My biggest fear is climate change, but it is a big Mm -hmm. fear. (laughs) Well, that is like kind of the ultimate, like being doomed and not knowing how to change it is like just being yourself and yourself is detestable for some no. reason to these people. Or not even detestable. It just doesn't jive with everybody. Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's like such a big part of comedy is like the hang, right? It's mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. hanging out at the club and like having dinner and talking to people. And that stuff is really hard for me because it's also like I'm an introverted person, so a bigger group of people is, like, very difficult for me to know how to talk to people. I'm pretty bad at small talk, right? Like, I'm happy to tell you, like, write in, like, here's my trauma, but I'm really <laughs> right, bad yeah, yeah, yeah. at being, like, how was your day today? <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's why, like, I love, like, a road trip, like a road gig with somebody, because it's just, like, me another person and maybe a third person and then it's really like intimate and great but sitting around with a big group of people and trying to like trying to make sure that they like me it just it all feels so calculated and it's really difficult yeah I think the thing that I struggle with about the hang is because my like shortcut is just assuming familiarity with people and, and, you know, immediately busting balls or like shitting on someone without asking if they're that person's friend, just kind of (laughs) fingers crossed, hoping we feel the same way. And so my, because also like, it's pretty rare. Like if someone were like, if I were like, dude, I fucking hate this person. And someone were to challenge me and be like, why this is stupid like you're wasting your time like this per like maybe not if they said this person rules because i would probably have reasons why they don't but if they were to argue on my turf and be like dude 
what are you talking about? This is a waste of your time. I'd be like, okay, I can deal with a challenge here. But I th- so I think that's actually a way in which I relate to Eliza a ton, not in the way we do it, but the difficulty of, of being accepted as yourself socially and the risk you run. For her, the risk is, am I annoying? And for me, the risk is potentially have I offended someone because mm-hmm. I'm trying to assume they're just my best friend or I forget that that other people save information like this and share it with people, you know? And, and, and my thing that I would always want on Survivor, one thing that bothers me on Survivor is when people pretend it's not a game or like when people are always like, do you swear? Like th- th- there's this whole like, for seasons, just escalating, like, I swear on my kids, I swear on my wife, I swear on my own dick or whatever, you know, <laughs> just like, just like, and and I'm like, yo, I would swear on anything. Like, this is a game, like the right. things happening inside of it. And that's where it gets muddy, because it's like, yes, but you are forming real relationships, the relationships determine, you know, ultimately, other people are voting if you win. So you can't just, you know, win strategic, like, plow through strategically you have to win friends but that's kind of what i feel when i'm hanging or something i'm like oh yeah we were all shitting on that person because like it's not that personal you know like we Mm. can talk shit also i'm not like trying to imply that like all i ever do is like talk about how terrible people are this is just like the the thing that could get me in trouble like Eliza's annoyingness you know yeah yeah I have a I similar I I think my hesitancy with like busting balls sometimes is like I do have a tendency occasionally to read the room wrong and take it too far and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. say something that is truly hurtful um and so I have tried to sort of go the other way but I think like because of that I also I mean this is something that I think would like fuck me over in Survivor I have a really hard time with when I don't like somebody when I and and most people I do generally like maybe there are things about them where I'm just like "Mm." um but in general I like a lot of people um but when I do not like somebody it is really really difficult for me to hide it Oh, and I can't look them in the eye. I just, everything that I say sounds so bitchy. And like, mm-hmm. I just can't like hide it in my, t- like there's just, I just have no poker face when it comes to hating people. So, you know, she, her ability, Eliza's ability to see how everybody else feels about her but it doesn't seem like she reciprocates that dislike of everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I, I commend that. Cause I don't know how, like if you, if I find out you don't like me, then immediately yeah. I'm just like, well, fuck you. Here's everything wrong with you. You know, like there's yeah, no like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, but like, I'm always like, I'm always shocked when, to find that people like me and anytime people I find out people don't like me I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you 
So there's no like, I just have no consistency in my social skills. See, this is making me think about like the reasons, like people's default, right? Like, I think I would I would venture to guess that most people default to liking someone. That if Mm -hmm. someone is nice, meaning actually not overly nice, just meaning kind of inoffensive or perhaps not making a huge impression on someone then, or easy to talk to in any way, then people are like, that person's fine. That person's cool, whatever. Whereas I tend to, kind of have opinions on people like right away yeah. when I when I meet them and I've gotten better about holding them back sometimes yeah. but a lot of times like dude I I can't tell you how many times I've been with friends and everyone's like talking about some new person and I'm like I don't trust this person I don't I don't like this sucks they're no they're not they're no good you know <laughs> and then like a year and a half later it's like they've been ostracized from the community for either some inoffensive reason or more likely like they fucking harmed someone in some way, you know, and everyone's, and I'm just like, I knew it. This person's a piece of shit. Everyone that I think, (laughs) and that now that doesn't justify the fact that I am still wrong about people. And there are still people who are like, why don't you like that person? I'm like, don't trust them. They're probably, they're probably an abuser, you know, I just assume if I don't like you, then you must be, you're basically Hitler, you know? Wow. <laughs> wow. That's so extreme. I, not, I mean, I'm being extreme, but. I do also think like, um, I wonder, cause I, I think you're right. And my default too, generally, like when I meet people in person, it's like, yeah, I like this person, like, or whatever. But whenever I like see people on Instagram or like on TikTok or whatever, my default is the opposite. Yeah. yeah, My default is like, I hate this and I hate this person and this person is bad and all of this is bad. And it's like, and yet like I'm on there too, you know, like I'm posting shit and I'm sure. When you're saying you see people, do you mean just comedians or is it like anytime a new TikTok account comes up, you're like, what's this bullshit? Well, I guess it's just comedians because I really like make, a concerted effort to not scroll um, mm. any social media, except the only thing I scroll is Reddit. Um, but that's to not the like... worst one. <laughs> well, okay, I will defend Reddit. <laughs> You're like I scroll eight chan, but nothing else, dude. Reddit, I think, is like it's like you get to curate it for what you want it to be. So yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Whereas, like, I think like you have less power over what Instagram and Facebook feed you and like TikTok Mm -hmm. and what they feed you. I mean, it's like based on your habits, but like, don't trust your habits. We're all bad. We have bad tendencies. Whereas like Reddit, I think it's just like, oh, I will subscribe to like our science. (laughs) Like, you know, like that and like world news. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's dumb, but um. so I think most of like what I do come across is like, I'll go on there to post some dumb video because we all have to now and like while I'm you know while it's loading I'll like do a quick little like what do I see what's popping up and I hate it 
And then it makes me like these people less through no fault of their own. Right. Like we're all just, there are also some people who I really like in person and I really hate their internet presence. Why? What's the disconnect? I think there are some people who like, and I've caught myself doing this too, who are intentionally inflammatory online because it ups your engagement. Um, and there are people who it's like, but in real life, you seem so reasonable. And when on, have you done it? Like, what's an example of when you've done it? Okay, here's an example. This is like pretty recent too. I just post. I posted this video. It's just me. It's a pretty like innocuous joke that I'm just doing like in a front facing video um, about like skincare. It's it's dumb. It it's yeah. pretty meaningless. But I noticed it was like getting some like people got mad because you never know like what people are going to get mad at but people felt like I was judging people who do Botox which like to be fair kind of was um I don't (laughs) (laughs) but what you know I don't think they're bad people for getting Botox it's just one of those things like I won't do that right the joke is it's crazy what we will and won't do to to look young, right? Like I have friends who are like injecting their faces with needles and getting chemical peels that make them look like acid victims. And then they'll ask me like, Ariel, what do you do? What's your secret? And I tell them like, oh, I just like don't really drink and I stay out of the sun. And they're like, that's a little too extreme. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not offensive at all, but people were getting pretty mad. And I, because I know how the algorithm works, I started like responding to comments to like inflame more comments, right? Like, like I, I wasn't trying to make people mad with the post itself. And, but once I saw that people were getting mad and I saw the numbers going up on views, (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll take advantage of this. But I can also see somebody who doesn't know me that well look at like just going on and looking at the comments and being like, what the fuck is wrong with Ariel? Like, you know, like that kind of shit. And yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I do that to other people too. Whew. Yeah. My my thing I've noticed online, because really the only thing I'm using anymore is Twitter. And, and my feeling about videos is like, not only am I still keeping shit pretty tight in terms of not performing because I'm not going to a lot of crowded indoor stuff still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have the videos to do. And also I'm not, anyway, I don't need to like justify my whole comedy like style, but is that mostly I just, I was just like, I don't know anyone who I look up to who has succeeded doing anything that they dislike. Mm -hmm. Like, not that they don't have things that they do that, that they feel feel like chores or something but it's like if you know like i i don't see chris gethard for instance like posting in ways that he seems to resent you Mm -hmm. know he's not like posting front-facing camera videos and being like i guess this is what we're doing now you know what i mean and it's like and i know you just think that you don't actually like do that you know basically the thing that i came to is that i'm just i'm not even at my fucking point yet i'm just saying i'm mostly using twitter you know (laughs) and like and and the thing i've noticed is that like my first if i'm just if i've stopped feeling pressure to be like you gotta post a tweet but if i ever do that the first thought is like okay 
what do I want to say fuck this about? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, which is like, dude, what? That's not the mode that I <laughs> am funniest. Rarely, that's not the mode that I enjoy being the most. It's just like you, it is, it feels like a very tribal human instinct to see something and go, this is foreign. This is new information. And thus I reject it until I can suss out whether it belongs in the tribe or yeah. not. It's a very like old man yells at clouds sort of <laughs> thing, you know? Well, there's that. There's also like something very comforting and very um, human, I think, about finding that common enemy, right? And like finding that yeah. one person who we all don't like, right? It's like they vote out Eliza not strategically based, right? She's not a strategic th- threat. No, they vote her out no. simply because they don't like her. They find her in, mm-hmm. you know, like Parvati says like, oh, she was coming for me, but it's like not really. And she doesn't have the power to do it. Like she, she can't get it together. It's like, it's, it's this interest and it makes it an easy vote, right? They don't have to think too hard this episode because you just get to vote out the person you don't like. We all agree. We can all bond over this period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when survivor is kind of at its most boring because (laughs) as much as I hate fluffing up the egos of people telling boring stories or being annoying it is, to me, more interesting to see someone have to contort themselves to keep someone they dislike in the game for a various for various reasons. Yeah. Than it is to see someone just be like, eh, "I don't like them. They're <laughs> yeah. uh, let's get rid of them." I do think one satisfying thing about this whole dynamic between Ozzy, Jason, and Eliza is that like Ozzy is also incredibly cocky. And, oh yeah, and understandably so. Like he was truly like the king on his season. He didn't win, but he was. You know, he was the best at everything. Um, he thinks he's so clever coming up with this trick, and yet the thing that you remember from this episode, from like from Ozzy's move, is Eliza's reaction. Right, like that's the thing that sticks with us. Because, like, and not in a way that we're making fun of her. Like, we're making fun of Jason. Jason's the fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. But Eliza, it's like, Eliza, I think, is who we identify with this, with, with in this situation. Because, because she's smart. Well, and she is an underdog. And in, yes. in Survivor, is, is this true? I don't know if it is true or if it just appears to be because the things that are happening on the surface on Survivor are all like physical things. But I think smart players on Survivor kind of start as underdogs. Like, hmm. especially because early on in the game, the thing that since it's tribes versus each other and you want the tribe to literally stay physically strong. Like the thing that is being most valued is who can hold on to a rope the longest or pull a boat up the sand 
the quickest, you know? So it's like, so those are the things that, and when people are scanning each other, talking about making first impressions, it's always a weak or old, usually woman who goes, gets eliminated first. Yeah. And that's all cultural assumptions about things. And how many times have there been female players who are like, look at our track records. I am stronger than this guy. <laughs> and everyone's like, I don't know. He's pretty tall. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's uh, I, it's like the, I think it's why survivor fans who have continued to watch see that it's the playing under the radar player now who gets rewarded in Uh the end if uh you can play it right um whereas it used to be it didn't used to be that right it used to just be like big and strong or like incredibly strategic out and like bold about it yeah 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 right 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 and and I'm kind of over the under the radar player. I like don't I'm like this sucks. This they're like giving credit to people now just because they're like it's like this actually bothered me in school, like growing up. Talk about like talking too much. I ra- raised my hand in class all the fucking time, talked way too much, whatever, and I would get annoyed with the like still waters run deep adage because I was like <laughs> Not some still waters are a fucking toilet, dude. It's not like <laughs> it's not that not all still waters run deep. Like just because this person is an introvert doesn't mean they're also a mastermind. Yeah, that's fair. Introvert does not mean you're smart. Fuck introverts. That Hi. is how I want to go out. <laughs> Actually, I've started to think of myself more as kind of a combat. I'm kind of an introverted extrovert these days you know what i mean i took a test and it told me (laughs) also i think i just repeated a fucking geico commercial i think i really is that yeah there's a pretty there's like a there's a geico there oh god i did man all right i yeah well at least i'm aware of it you know that's the important yeah if if there's one lesson we can take from eliza it's to be self-aware yeah no it's literally just it's literally just some woman talking to the fucking lizard and she's like well i'm actually kind of i took a test and i'm an introverted (laughs) extrovert and that's actually like one of the rarest things and the lizard's just like yeah uh uh-huh what's (laughs) damn this is that it's very survivory uh geico commercial yeah wow it really is to like know who you are you gotta know who you yeah. are, man. <laughs> hey, Geico commercials are full of life lessons, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that means I'm about out of insights for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I think it means we should have ended five minutes before. Yeah, we got to yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we can't edit, so this just has to go up the way that it goes up, you know? Okay, whatever. You'll hear, you'll hear everything. <laughs> You know, let them no. see how the sausage gets made. Right, right. So, yeah, is there anything else to um to to pull from this to to do? Oh, I will. One more thing. This isn't about this specific moment, but it is about this episode. This challenge that they put, where you have to be under the the grate as the yeah. tide rises. Yeah. Jeff portrays this as if it's just psychological where he's like <laughs> right. like you know you have to like fight your instinct 
to not be trapped underwater, but it's like, no, they're drowning. Like, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, it would be one thing if the water like really did like come up to their chin and no higher. And then you like really do have to just like battle your own mind and your own desire to panic. But it's like, you see Ozzy loses to Jason. Mm-hmm. When he comes up, he's like covered in like mucus and is like coughing Ugh. up water and is like yeah. truly vomiting it's like no these people are drowning you have yeah. it's just who can drown the longest that's the challenge and it kind of like bothers me also i did almost drown when i was a kid um so i but also it's it's just a whole like okay well that's kind of a big revelation <laughs> to just drop at the end of the podcast oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it reminds me of taking an adult swim class and t- and talking to the like teenage lifeguard instructor about like what if you can't hold your breath for a specific period of time and he was just like will you just hold it and I was like well but but what if you can't he was like he just did not compute just full on Jason moment of just like well that's, that's a, bummer, a bummer dude <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll explore uh, Ariel yeah. drowning as a child it's at some put a unspecified it. future date. You know, there's there's plenty of other like survivor challenges and moments where somebody almost drowns. So we can mm-hmm. we'll get into it another time and we'll just save it for save it for later. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is we did it. First this is great. Uh, this is super fun. First episode of of It's a Fucking Stick is in the books. I guess we should say check out whatever the show notes are. Yeah, um, where can people find you, Dave? Yeah, listen to my What's other podcast, This Is Your Afterlife. All my stuff is at this is Dave Mar. But really it's only Twitter and sometimes Instagram. Instagram's fucking up hardcore these days though i uh there was a way that i was posting podcast clips and now to to get the subtitles and stuff and now instagram is fucked with it so it cuts it off and i'm Mm. just like i don't i don't feel like changing my workflow to follow me on twitter follow me on twitter and subscribe to my newsletter just go to this is davemar.com you'll find that what about you uh i'm at Ariel underscore comedy on everything. Uh, follow me wherever I'm on. I'm on everything. You can follow me on everything. Um, and you can go to my website, arieleliascomedy.com and you can see like tour dates and, and whatnot. Yeah. And, and we'll it. be back next week with a new, a new survivor moment, which we will quickly jump away from survivor to talk about comedy probably and the things that we actually want to talk about yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Survivor. survivor's the best yes. show on earth um thanks for listening